are sure their boss is the worst without ever considering Morgan Edge or Thanos. There are men who believe their employees couldn't get any stupider without ever thinking of the mindless ones. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost, two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. Well, my friends. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are back. Thwack. With a thwack. <laughs> to the pelvis. Oh, another one to the pelvis. Yes. Can't take much more. We're back. And this episode, we are calling, as Adam Bernstein has said it, The Convincing. Welcome to the convincing. Welcome to the convincing. Because you can't read everything. You can't. You can't. I, I, I read a lot of things. I don't read that many comic books anymore, but you can't read everything. And sometimes somebody will read something and uh, it's great and they'll need to convince somebody else that it's worth reading. And that's what we're doing in this episode. Adam is going to convince me about something that I should read. I'm going to convince him about something he should read. We're both actually going to convince... You, Bernice, who is our listening audience, <laughs> to read these comics. <laughs> but um, it made me think, like, you know, there's been a lot of big deaths in the music world. And <clears throat> somehow they're all overshadowing Paul Kantner, who was the lifeblood of Jefferson Airplane. Mm. And I'm a huge Jefferson Airplane fan. They're one of the weirdest bands of all time. And I was like... Why do I have to convince the world to listen to some really weird music from the sixties? <laughs> Why felt do I have to do this? To convince, try to I convince do. people. I do. I feel very compelled. I'm like, come on, all right, yeah, Bowie, Glenn Fry, all these people are are giants, and Paul Kantner's not a giant. But the reason we have weird science fiction, psychedelic music. In, from the 60s in certain ways is because of him so anyway the, that's sort of what made me think with the convincing you know there's a lot of music I convince but you know a few years ago Carolyn uh, the lovely Carolyn Baumler has, Carolyn has played a number of uh, very talented uh, real life people um, especially singers she played Mae West wow. she played Ava Tangway she played Courtney Love uh, I saw pictures of that. And she's fantastic in all these roles. She, um, and then a couple of years ago, she was cast to play Grace Slick in a play called Alice, Grace, and On. And, oh, wow. Uh, was it a good so, play? Well, I mean, that's it, it, was not, it was not my favorite play, but it was interesting. It was right. a very interesting play. And she was great in it as Grace Slick. 
the interesting thing was it was an opportunity for us in our house to listen to a lot of Jefferson Airplane. Oh, wow. And Grace Slick. And you know what? I was not convinced. <laughs> I did not find that I needed to listen to much more Jefferson Airplane after uh, she was done with the show. You caught it at the wrong time. <laughs> yes, you probably. Know, when I take it you weren't at Woodstock... I take not it at the you time. weren't on LSD. I was not dropping in 1969. any. You were a little young for it. I was. I, I mean, I was too. Heavy, but I didn't, didn't get into the heavy me. stuff until I was three or four. <laughs> so anyway, what are missed. you convincing me of? You have something a little bit more fringe, I see, and I have brought something very, very traditional that I think that you should be reading. So all right, but go first. Do you want me to start? Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm. I want to convince you to read. Uh, a comic, a series uh, that was put out by Image um, Comics only a few years ago. And in fact, the series has just wrapped up in the last couple of months. It's by Nathan Edmondson, Tonsi Zonyik, and Jordan Gibson. I don't it's, even know those names. No, they're guys, I don't know them either except through this book. Uh, the first series was called Who is Jake Ellis? Right. Second series was called Where is Jake Ellis? Okay. And it's an espionage comic. Ah, okay. It's like spies and espionage. Uh, and I just love it. And I think it would make a, such a good movie. Right. So or a TV show. Espionage like James Bond or like a lot more intellectual? Like there's no, it's clues. not more intellectual necessarily. It's a little more like the Bourne movies or something like that. Uh-huh. What happens is the main character, his name is John Moore. Mm -hmm. And when you first meet him, he's a criminal in Europe. And he's a very successful criminal, but he's on the run from some people who are trying to catch him. And you don't know why they're so close to catching him. But he's able to escape from any situation because he's got this friend named Jake who's always with him, hmm. who's kind of nicely dressed, who's got an odd, you can never really see his features very clearly, wow. but he's always there near him, his friend Jake. And Jake seems to know what to do next at all times. Right. Jake but there's says, no superpowers or anything in this. Stuff. Well, you don't know, but when John is, for instance, running down the street, escape, trying to escape from the guys who are chasing him in Barcelona, at the beginning, his friend Jake is with him, and Jake says, go down this alleyway. Stop here, wait five seconds, go in that doorway to the right. Duck, wait here, okay, now run. So basically, there's this person, and nobody else can see him. He's like an imaginary friend. But this guy, Jake, seems to know what's about to happen. He right. can see like 10 seconds into the future. But wow. he's also but not. No a, one else can see. Nobody him. else can see Jake Ellis. So who is Jake Ellis? Okay. So then you find out that the people who are chasing John are not chasing him because he's a criminal. They're chasing him because he's escaped from uh, an army uh, research lab. He was part of an army experiment to try out long distance um, mental connectivity between wow. people. So can you, from a great distance, connect one person's mind to another person's mind? Right. Kind of like a drone is operated right. from a great distance. 
Could soldiers be operated from a great distance and be linked with another person mentally? That seems to be a theme that comes up in comics a bunch, like manipulating the military. So in this, in Who is Jake Ellis, he doesn't know who Jake Ellis is either. And Jake doesn't really know who he is. He just knows that they're working together. Wow. But John decides... Is that a dialogue? Yeah, they talk all yeah. the time. Okay. And uh, because he's with them. He, but eventually John decides that he's going to go back to the research facility that he woke up in. Right. And he's going to figure out what the connection is. And that's when he goes back and he finds that Jake Ellis is basically another soldier who's in a coma, who's being kept alive. Oh, and his mind. And his mind is connected with John. So John goes back and rescues Jake from the from the hospital from the hospital where he's been kept however as soon as they get in close physical proximity to each other they don't have the mental link anymore wow so now as soon as john goes in to save jake ellis as soon as he does that he's on his own he no longer has jake ellis right. to tell him what's going to happen and and keep him safe right I think it's a great series. The second series is called Where is Jake Ellis? And it picks up the same characters and it takes him on another adventure. And wow. you find out more about... I'm looking at it right now. And the art is good. really cool. It's very simple. There's not a lot of dialogue. The funny thing about the production of this is it took for fucking ever for the series to come out. It would be really? literally years between issues. Oh, really? So it's like... This is a six-issue series. Right. I I would go like a pathetic loser every week <laughs> to... Hoping it's going to be out, yeah, but I would it never go comes to, out. You know, Forbidden Planet or whatever comic book store, and I'd be like, hey, is there a new issue of uh, Where's Jake Ellis come out yet? And I'd be like, Mr. Bost. But they're aware, they are aware of this comic, so it's not like you're the only person on Earth who's into this. Well, it's not a hit. This, But it is published by Image, so it's not... It's not like right. It's not an independent. It. Well, you know, it's funny. Like now that we've been doing this, I get contacted by people on our Twitter page. You don't follow it as much as I do. Um, it's impossible to read. It's just there's a lot of freaks who we're following. <laughs> Wonderful freaks. <laughs> Wonderful freaks. And I look at people's independent comics, and a lot of people are making comics just the way that musicians are making all their own music must be going on like this for many many years and it's like music it's not easy to make something great yeah you know no, it's it, hard really hard but this well, sounds interesting i don't know if i've convinced you but i think that where is jake ellis and who is jake ellis is a a worthwhile comic to read. Well, I don't think that you have to work too hard to sell a comic book on me <laughs> since we're doing a comic book show together. Right. But no way, man. I would never I will never read this. Ugh. I think that we have we have a lot of places where our interests are intersect. We have certain things that yeah. I guess we just grew up reading some things. I read a lot more fringe kind of books yes and in preparing for this episode where i was going to bring out some comic book that i should try to persuade you to read i did was looking through a box and i saw the first appearance of son of satan <laughs> and i was like 
Maybe 72? Yeah, something like that. It's a 20 center. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, son of Satan. You know, you're not going to know this. <laughs> you know, nobody knows that Damien Hellstrom. He's like a side character that came out of Ghost Rider or something. Mm-hmm. Which Ghost Rider gets old fast, but I love the first Ghost Rider a lot. But Son of Satan gets old even faster. He even looks bad. I, I open it up, I start flinging through it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't convince you because I can't even convince myself. And then I look in the box and I'm like, I have a ton of Son of Satan. I, I just bought them all. <laughs> Again, like I had them all when I was a kid. Wow, you rebought. I, I bought them again. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I have to own the Son of Satan issues. <laughs> but he's like, if I remember Son of Satan, he's like a Freddie Mercury kind of a character. He's like a, you know, big tall guy stripped to the waist yeah. with a ridiculous red cape. And yeah. Doesn't he have like a pentagram on his chest? On his chest, But he's yeah. always like buff and just... It depends who draws and, him. Yeah. Yeah. It, whatever i don't know why i was attracted to that or and man thing i'm really attracted to man thing you know it's like (laughs) how do you mean you're attracted to man thing i don't mean in that way i mean just like i feel for some reason i gravitated to the man thing man thing books they're so boring (laughs) he doesn't do anything he hangs out he hangs out in the swamp and then somebody will come in and he's like Oh, I'm not a man anymore. I'm a man thing. I'm part swamp. If you try to hit me, I'll go right through me. Yep. Unless I want to solidify my body. So boring. Those cut man things. So boring. And then every issue, you get to a point where it's whatever knows fear burns at the man thing's touch. (laughs) And you're like, I don't care anymore. The the other 25 pages of this comics were so so boring. And now he's going to burn somebody. Anyway, I was looking through my box. And I was like, oh, I know what I want to share with you. And I couldn't find it. So I had to dig deeper into my closet, get out the ladder. It's not like I live in a mansion, <laughs> friends, but like I had to go deep into a closet. Dig up the secret codes. Right. I, you know, the safe. Unlock the safe. I had to like go underneath those radar things. Yep. So I wouldn't get lasered. Cut through the razor wire. Yeah. <laughs> and I pulled out. A classic issue of Captain America, oh. 117. Oh, it's a beauty. It's a beauty. It's a 15th center. And I'm going to open it up. Yeah, here. go for it, man. Let me just take Let's the... Let's listen to that Let me just opening. take the tape off. <laughs> ah. Take it out of the Mylar wrapping here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so nice. It is nice. Now, this, right? this comic might not smell. have been opened for... Except for today, it has not been opened for like 25 years. Oh. It's in pretty good shape. Oh, it's really nice. And this issue is the first issue of the Falcon. The first appearance of the Falcon? First appearance of the Falcon. Captain America needed a sidekick, always, it seemed. Hell with Bucky, man. Falcon. Great sidekick. Yeah. It's Stan Lee and Gene Colan art. Captain America and the Red Skull, due to the Red Skull controlling the Cosmic Cube, has switched their bodies. So Captain America is trapped in the Red Skull's body. <clears throat> the Red Skull banishes Captain America 
in his opposite body to this island where he's also uh, banished some people called the Exiles. Okay. So Cap has to fight them, but he doesn't have his shield and he doesn't have his body. He has to kind of use his whatever instincts he can pull together in the you know, Red Skull's body. But blinding him with this sand still isn't enough, not while Chang is holding his gun. <laughs> the chair! If I can reach the chair fast enough, ah, made it! Great Stan Lee dialogue right there. So he's fighting all these people on this island where he's banished, but Captain America is hanging out in New York and acting like, for the first time, this incredible movie star but the art is fantastic yeah he's he's relaxing on a chaise lounge being photographed by the women are feeling his muscles yeah he loves it yeah when they flash back to you know being on the island the reason that the red skull you know captain america is um kind of saved against the exiles is because the falcon intervened sam wilson sam wilson from Harlem, ladies and gentlemen. How did he wind up on this island? He was trying to help the natives. <laughs> what? It doesn't make any sense, that part. And then out of nowhere, he go- Captain America is like, man, you should be a superhero. And then you see these like African people sewing him an outfit. Oh, they show him the ugliest outfit of yeah, all the time. The original Falcon outfit is just wow, this it's ugly green, green and orange. You know. But there he is. He's the Falcon. And he has a special connection with his bird, Red Eye or what? Uh, Red Wing or something. I can't remember what he calls his bird. But um, I don't know why this stuck with me, this book, all these years. I just must have read it so early. And I thought it was fascinating. And it's great to have. He's a good hero. He's a good sidekick for Captain America. And he's a a black superhero without the word black in his name. He's not like yeah. Black Panther or, you know, Black right. Dynamite or anything. Right. Black He's Goliath. Black Goliath, yeah. And his actually, you know, in reference to when we were talking with Neil Adams about black characters, his skin is pretty dark, you know, in yeah. terms of the, the coloring. He looks like a real African-American man. Yeah, I was, I was unsure about that when we were talking to yeah. Neil Adams. You like, weren't really believing it. I believe that he insisted on the colors that that he did, but I do see other characters who look believably African American right. in the comics before. What's interesting also in this issue is one seventeen. If you look in the letters, in the end, there's a lot of letters about the first, uh, you know, Captain America drawn by Starenko. Oh, you know, which is. Issues 110, 111, 112, I think. And, you know, even back then, they're like, wow, we didn't think it could be better than Kirby. But, but you this blew guy, it wide open. Yeah. You know, you the visuals are off the charts. Yeah, after reading Captain America 113, I am almost completely spellbound over the supreme magnificence of that magazine. That's right. Who wrote that? Joe Jenkins of Toledo, Ohio. We should, like, contact him and see if he'd be still alive or something. We could write these people. Editor's note, we did not write these people, but we did look up Joe Jenkins of Toledo, Ohio. And as far as we can tell, he is still very much alive and has written a little bit about his love of comics growing up, how much he enjoyed 
having his letters published in comics, especially in Blue Beetle number two, that would be June 1964, and how he switched from a career in comics to a life in the ministry. His blog uh, is on the Baptist International Missions website. Now, back to our program. I like when uh, Gene Colan and Joe Sinnott does the inks, you know, famous inker from uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, well, you don't have to convince me to read this. I, I love it. Can I borrow this issue? All right, that uh, that's our episode. Yeah, the convincing, the convincing, my. I friends. think we have successfully convinced each other. It was a very low threshold for convincing. <laughs> yeah, but we managed to. to but do I would it anyway. say, if any of our listeners want to convince us to read something, yes, you should definitely contact us. You know, we do have a Twitter, grown ass men mm-hmm. on Twitter. We also have grown ass men on Facebook. We're on Facebook, and it's it's a great way to. Talk to us if you have a an inkling to. And you can find us on iTunes always. And it actually what's been interesting is if you put in grown ass men into like the search engine on iTunes podcasts, there are three of them, us being one. Mm-hmm. And it used to be we would be the last one that came up, but now we're the first one. That's yeah, because up. we're the good one. We're the best. Yeah. We're the real grown-ass Yeah, we're the real grown-ass Yeah, Oh, I thought you were going to start singing. No, uh, that was the end. The House of Poonel doing... by Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> no, sorry. I was doing the, I was doing the end. The no, grown-ass know, men I, theme. I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no, you should start singing like... Uh, crown of creation. <laughs> I'll start saying we built this city. We built it. Ah, oh. all right. On on that on that horrible note, friends. <laughs>